Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. I'm Tim Grady, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Joining us is going to be Norbert Orr, who is the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus Research Partners um, and Strategus Investments. Norbert always has some great information that comes out in uh, two reports that they publish. And if you are a manufacturer listening to this, you need to get a hold of Norbert Orr so you can both participate in answering two simple questions and get two great reports out of it, which we're going to get into here quickly. Norbert, thanks again for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. My pleasure, Tim. Always glad to be with you. Well, we're always glad to have you give us the insight behind the report data. Uh, The Global Survey one is the one that we talk with you here about on the phone, and uh, that Survey Insights report is always fascinating. So why don't you give us kind of a general overview of it in the whole that looks good. Would you agree? Uh, it looks very good. Uh, we've come uh, come through this amazingly well. It just speaks to how good of uh, condition the economy was in. The global economy, uh, frankly, uh, was in uh, prior to the virus. And... Uh, We've managed to come back strong. Uh, now, the, the biggest problem that I see is the large companies and medium-sized companies, depending on their market, et cetera, uh, have come through this much better than small business has. Uh, we have, and small businesses where there's a lot of jobs, so it's hard to say that the economy is super strong. Uh, even though the data looks pretty pretty uh, evident of that, uh, it's still difficult to to want to claim uh, great success because of what has happened to uh, to small businesses along the way. And that wasn't the virus; that was uh, everybody's reaction to the virus. Um, there's a there's a curiosity that I've been kind of following in your report as it relates to COVID and the shutdown. And that is the difference between the performance of Canada and the performance of Mexico. Both of those are pretty shut down. Canada uh, is, has been shut down since March and has told people to stay home and not even travel to see family. And so they've been very restrictive, yet their manufacturing PMI is pretty strong, where Mexico's is fairly weak. Uh, any idea why that disparity yeah, I think it's fairly easy to explain anyway. Uh, just looking at the charts, Canada uh, came in this month at 55.8. Mexico came in at 43.7. Uh, right. So obviously, uh, your uh, awareness of the, the differences and so on is, is valid. Uh, the big thing is uh, Canada is so uh so so much wiser politically as a country uh than mexico is uh, uh saw a thing this morning that they're starting back up on the border figuring that the new administration is going to be more lenient uh 
<laughs> and so they they had uh, five last week. I think it was uh, five thousand underage uh, that came through the border. That was up from uh, like twenty five uh, for a similar period recently. So wow. Uh, they, you know, and we've got to thank Mexico because they've helped us with the border problem, but it has to be done on both sides. And uh, if, uh, if if we just uh, blow away that investment that we made in the 30-foot wall, uh, that'll be one of the biggest mistakes that I think the country could ever make. Uh, Norbert, I'm just curious. Um is this a problem for Mexico that their youth is leaving the country? I know that when China instituted their one-child policy, they discovered 20 years later that they had a labor shortage. Gee, you know, it's a surprise. What about Mexico? Well, it, it certainly makes you wonder what the future is going to be and how strong economically Mexico can be. Uh, they have been uh, benefiting from our situation in that uh, we needed cheaper labor in some instances, and so they've been able to fulfill that. Uh, we need a, a, a good policy with regard to uh, labor coming out of Mexico uh and I think uh, the politicians have just backed away from this one. They want it to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, they always uh, say they want a lot of things, but they really in uh, reality want very little. And uh, there should have been legislation that you could find, uh, uh, you know, back during the Reagan administration, uh, Reagan agreed to let uh, four million immigrants come in on the the, the basis that we would cut off border uh, uh, penetration and uh, maintain that uh, border as better than we have in the past. Well, of course, they got the four million immigrants in but they never really uh, made any great attempt because uh, the uh, uh, administration that was following uh, Reagan, uh, which was what Clinton, uh, didn't didn't put any value on it. Uh, looking at opportunity to uh, bring in more voters that, uh, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons uh, that helped Clinton so much uh, because they did have uh, more of an open border policy. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about another curious one, and that is. Uh, China, Japan, Taiwan. Um, I recently heard a report that a Chinese official was bragging on the fact that their economy was doing so well, helped in part by COVID weakening the United States. Not very kind, but that's, in fact, I think a little paraphrasing what he said. But are the, are the China numbers really uh, solid, Norbert? Are, are they fairly reliable at this point? The uh, 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 
I, I can speak with some sense of knowledge uh, with regard to those, Tim, because I helped the China put together the CFLP survey, the China Federation of Purchasing and Logistics, and I helped Taiwan do theirs. So I can tell you both of those get like a 90-plus uh, percent uh, response rate. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, in China, I think the reason for it is that, uh, uh, you know, the question that is asked on uh, each of the uh, uh, d- different questions that we, we have on, on the survey, uh, the answers we ask for are, are new orders better, same, or worse? And uh, I think in China, they don't have the worst column. They're either better or the same. Nobody's going to report uh, in, in that fashion. Now, Taiwan, uh, and, and, but having said all of that, uh, uh, China has uh, been able to control their economy. Uh, they did not get hurt. Now, you know, I still can't figure out how... Uh, the virus started there, but they didn't get hurt as badly as other areas. I'm uh, still wrestling with uh, understanding that. Taiwan. Yeah, with 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 five times the population of the U.S. and far more condensed in many cities, I would agree with you. Something's yeah. off there. But go ahead with Taiwan. Uh, good good point. Taiwan, uh, they have 400 on the panel for manufacturing. And they get a 90-plus percent response rate, and they're a democracy. But the government uh, works in conjunction with uh, the um, materials management of Taiwan. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the, they get a much better response rate, I think, because the government monthly ask them for the information and so uh, it gets a, a little more uh, top line treatment out of that Right. but having right. said all of that uh, things are good there but uh, they're, they're, uh, you know the old thing about a rising tide raises all boats you would expect other countries to be lifting up but uh, South Korea's come back a little bit finally uh uh, but uh, Myanmar, Vietnam, Singapore, uh, all of those countries, or Philippines, are still lagging significantly behind. And uh, uh, I think one of the reasons for it is China's had enough wealth that they could basically uh, – put a consumer out there that, uh, from their own domestic market. So the Chinese are dependent on their own domestic market, consumer market, plus our consumer market, plus Europe. And so they uh, they have, have taken advantage of the situation very nicely. Well, clearly with uh, a population five times the size of the United States, at some point, China is going to have a very high uh, uh, GDP. Uh, our, ours is around nineteen, twenty trillion, and theirs is down at five or six or seven. But it's going to certainly rise because they're going to have 
consumers the size of our entire country by twice. So we'll expect them to become a very strong uh, contender in the GDP comparison, if you will. That's right. And uh, China China, uh, is capable uh, of growing significantly. The, The real question, though, is how big does the middle class get in China? If you take uh, India, for instance, uh, we often underrate India, but India is similar in population to China, and India has uh, a middle class of about 300 million people. Right. Uh, China is similar in terms of uh, how, how large they can be, so... Uh, China has to worry about uh, fighting things out with India. And in recent uh, years, India has made a lot of strides uh, in uh, manufacturing and services and infrastructure. Still not, uh, still, still not the equal of China, I think, but uh, they're going to have to compete in uh, They've recently had some, I don't know whether you saw it or not, some altercations at the border. Yes, yes. Uh, that says they're not going to get along so great. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see what our uh, uh, future looks like in terms of how we work with China. Which, uh, we really uh, are able to... Uh, to, to get along with them and, and work together. Uh, the Chinese uh, are takers, uh, and we tend to be givers, and that's kind of a bad situation. Yes, no doubt. Well, Lou, we have covered uh, most of Asia. We haven't talked about uh, the U.K. yet or your favorite, Brazil. So uh, chime in here on Norbert's Globe, Global Survey and uh, fire away. It looks like Brazil is uh, still hanging in there. Um, I, I assumed it was because you were investing a lot of money there, Lou. <laughs> yeah, we were. Well, not a lot. A couple of rios, I think. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, the con- that country in itself is so, so mixed up, and we just don't know how they're going to uh, progress. And, you know, as they say, as go, goes Brazil, goes South America. For sure. For sure. And, yeah. and, but at the same time, some of those other countries are are probably more stable and better organized than Brazil. But Brazil is just so large it dominates economic thinking. Yeah, no doubt, Robert. Uh, that's true. That's true. One of the things that uh, keeps popping up in the news because there's 20 days left to a hard Brexit is Brexit. Um, what's likely to happen to the UK? I know everybody's doom and gloom and, oh, gee, their economy will collapse if there's a hard Brexit. Uh, I'm not sure I buy it. How do you see it, Norbert? Uh I would compare it to Y2K. 
It's <laughs> irrelevant comparison. It's oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, nothing happened. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like going to watch the Rose Parade. Is you're standing there watching all these floats go by, and you go, oh look at this one, it does this, and this one this does this. Uh, but in reality, they all do the same thing. And uh, I think uh, uh, I I believe that the UK is uh, uh, self-sustaining. They survive these things. Uh, they've been capable of doing some great things, and they've been capable of doing some really dumb things in the past. But uh, but all on average, uh, they're they're above average in what they're doing. Uh, I think having the virus. Uh, they've jumped out ahead of the rest of Europe. On, uh, yes. If if I've got my calculation right, uh, and that may have been a better investment than anything else to get the virus behind them. It's controllable. It's definable. They don't have uh, people coming from all over uh, uh, Europe the way. Uh, the European countries do. Uh, so I, I think uh, the European countries, uh, some of them are going to have a hard time getting to herd immunity, uh, whereas I think Britain can get there very quickly. Yeah, I just recently read where up to half of the U.S. population thinks they're not going to take the COVID vaccine. I will be way at the head of the line to get the vaccine when they are standing there with a needle and vial. Yeah, um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the same way, Tim. I, I hope uh, uh, I, that uh, I get an early opportunity. I, I'm one of those dumb people that always gets the flu shot, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I've had any number of people say, I don't do that, and uh, I'm saying that's your personal choice. Uh, the COVID-19 is going to be their personal choice, but I assure you uh, uh, I'll get it. Uh, and uh, I, the only thing I'd like to do is uh, uh, see which one of those horses sticks his nose out at the finish line. Uh, so that if I'm going to do it, I'd like to have the best one. Uh, so... We'll see, uh, but I think uh, there's going to be an economic advantage to that, and uh, I'm hoping that we, as we get close to herd immunity, uh, that uh, we, we see things pick up very rapidly. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that are still hurting because of all this, mostly in very small businesses and uh, uh, very, very, uh, uh, very much need to get, to get people back to work and uh, and so on. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully we'll make it there. And good luck to the Brits with a, with a hard Brexit. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, UK and France in particular are very closely tied together. Yes. And I think yes. uh, what they talk about on TV versus what the actual outcome is will be dramatically different oh i would agree i would agree well it's interesting that you mentioned small business really hurting because 
for all the people that we've lost in the United States, there's probably an equal number of businesses that we've lost. Not that everybody who passed away from COVID owned a business, but we've lost over a quarter of a million businesses so far in the U.S. that are not coming back. And every lockdown, uh, you hear business owners saying, if I got to shut down again, I'm not coming back. I don't know quite what that impact is going to be in mid-2021 to late-2021 on our GDP and PMI if, in fact, we're going to lose a lot of small businesses. Well, the volume, you know, uh, if we look at it from a manufacturing standpoint, uh, Mm -hmm. manufacturing, 50% of it is durable goods, things that last longer than a year. And 50% of it is non-durable. That bounces around a little bit, but that's pretty much the average uh, that that we get from that. Uh, The non-durable goods uh, uh, actually have have done well. Paper products, uh, obviously, uh, some of the uh, uh, automobiles, people converting to electric. Uh, There's been some positives in, in all of that. The, uh, on the durable goods side. Uh, so, uh, you know, the uh, fact that Costco uh, does as well as they do is, is basically a signal that uh, uh, the non-durables are selling extremely well. Uh, so we get some of the investment back in and uh, that type of thing. Uh, we'll, we'll be, uh, I think, pretty strong. Uh, in 2022. Uh, Certainly encouraging because uh, 2021, after such a brutal uh, health year, 2020, uh, and and the gyrations of GDP, I guess by the end of the year, we'll probably have a GDP of zero or somewhere between minus one and plus one, uh, having gone through this uh, terrible pandemic. Uh, but everybody, Lou, that you and I have talked to has said 2021 looks to be a good year for manufacturing. That's, that's what they're saying. That's yeah. what they're saying. Uh, all I know is I keep on bringing home magazines for my wife that are have to do with living overseas. And I keep <laughs> telling her, don't throw these magazines away because we may have to pick a place to live. So, uh, and as you know, I almost did a Panama issue, and now they're yep. talking, no, nah, don't do Panama, do Costa Rica. And you can live well, you can live well, you don't get sick, and so on and so forth. I understand that Iceland also has very low COVID rates. I don't know what the standard of living is, and good luck with the language. Well, they, yeah, could, well, they could control the... the uh, Immigration uh, and shut it down immediately uh, to do yeah, that. Right. So, <laughs> I, I, one of my sons has a, a outstanding uh, invitation from. Uh, he's a, he's a golf pro in Florida, and one of his uh, clients comes down from Iceland every winter, and takes lessons from him and everything, and he keeps telling him, you know, if you, uh, you ever want to come to Iceland, uh, I'll be glad we'll play some golf. I'll show you around, uh, everything from that. 
based on travel videos that I've seen, uh, uh, hopefully he'll get to take advantage of that sometime because it looks like a super interesting place to be. I can imagine golf on a glacier where the entire golf course is white, and maybe they have to use a black golf ball to find it. <laughs> and, and but the balls have a tendency to keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. They go further. <laughs> Eight hundred yard drive by the time it settles down. <laughs> so, Norbert, in the overall, this looks good. Um, What's your sense of where we're going to be in the holiday season as you report to us in January? Is it looking like we're going to have a good holiday season, or is that kind of waffling? Uh, well, it looks like people have really started early, and uh, that's always a good thing because they tend to keep spending. If, if they start early, they, they don't get it over with. They just keep going. and so that Okay. Would, that would help, I would think. Uh, and, you know, lately we've had nothing but good economic news. Uh, and so that that tends to aim uh, with the stock market where it is. Uh, you can see that uh, uh, people have a, a sense of, of at least retaining whatever wealth they have. And as long as they uh, do that, as long as they've uh, uh, got some investments and, and that type of thing, I, I think it'll keep going. And I, I believe uh, that uh, you know, if you look at what uh, what's strong right now in terms of the stock market, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of money going into the market, and some of these share prices and so on are just. Phenomenal theory to me. Well, today's uh, Dow Jones is 30,043. Uh, that's a wild number. And uh, who would have ever thunk? <laughs> yeah, certainly, uh, certainly Trump thunk it and he thought he could drive it to 50,000. I don't know if anybody's gotten a prediction out of Biden to where he thinks he's going to take it, but it'll be interesting because it's so strong. I would agree with you, Norbert, that the share prices, you know, I don't know what the underlying value is, but the share prices are through the roof. Well, and Tim, uh, you know, during my career, I've been involved in a lot of acquisitions and, uh, there's certain formulas that you use when you look at acquisitions and say, okay, I can put this much into it. Uh, Lou, you do the same thing when you look at a new piece of equipment. Uh, uh, For sure. On that piece of equipment, what's it going to be? Uh, some of these companies that we're seeing, uh, you know, Airbnb, uh, uh <laughs> Un unbelievable. I mean, I, I think there's a market, but uh, can you? Uh, is it all smoke that that you you're trying to to get through? Because uh, it doesn't seem like to me that uh, you can justify the kind of multiples that people are paying. Not not just those that I mentioned, uh, because I, those are all doing fantastic. I'm obviously lacking. Uh, 
the wherewithal to understand where where that comes from. But uh, 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 you know, it used to be if a company made an acquisition, uh, they they hoped that they could afford to uh, to pay it back in six or seven years. Uh, these are companies that are going public uh, debt free with uh, creating three different billionaires in the case of Airbnb. Uh, that's just hard to uh, get, get arms around and feel comfortable about. Right, right. Well, Norbert, we appreciate your insights, insights on your global survey insights report. And again, if you are a manufacturer, we would encourage you to send an email to N-O-R-E at strategusrp.com. That's S-T-R-A-P-E-G-A-S-R-P.com. So that you can participate in the survey and get the actual two reports. One of them, by the way, is uh, uh, confidential and proprietary, and we don't go over that report. But you can certainly get it by participating in the survey. So, Norbert, thanks again for being on Manufacturing Talk Radio and joining us. And I, I have just one question, uh, yes. Norbert, uh, and it relates to my my discussions that I have with my wife. What is the best country for us to be looking at to move to in 2021? <laughs> uh, this is an important question. I think this is coming up a, a is going to be coming up a lot. Well, I, what I would base the criteria on, Lou, would be, you know, what are the basic fundamentals that I want to accomplish? Uh, you know, one of the things, if you were to do something like that, first thing you'd want to do is uh, eliminate all of those countries where the rule of law is not respected and, and honored. Well, that that goes without saying, right? So uh, I think goes without saying. You eliminate that yeah. list from uh, 120 countries down to uh, probably about 10 right there. Uh, then you'd have to get into uh, some some of the other personalized things. You hear about uh, Costa Rica. You hear about Panama. You hear uh, some of those uh, countries that. Uh, they uh, uh, they they might be the place to go. I, I don't know. I, I've uh, been down into <laughs> the Caribbean a good bit, but I have not been to either Costa Rica or Panama. Uh, no. Panama Panama is a wonderful country. I've been there. Tim Tim and I have both been there together. And yeah, we have. Uh, aside from it being hot. Um, it's uh, it's really a, a wonderful place, and uh, and one of the good things, particularly about Panama, not to get off on to another topic, um, Pinkerton Agency, the worldwide security company, has rated Panama as the safest country in the world for probably the last ten years. Well, so. That being uh, uh, some reason to live there, um, I, I give it a lot of uh, I give it a lot of points. Well, you got too many years before you got too many years before you retire to do that. Uh, I would also throw New Zealand in there. 
Yes, uh, I, I have uh, friends who actually live there, and uh, uh, Christ uh, Christ Church, which yeah. is a town in uh, New Zealand. They said it's the most wonderful place that they've ever been in their lives. So um, I don't know how well they do with uh, Jews being there, being that it's uh, Christ Church, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I'm sure they'll get used to it. Okay. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Thanks. All yes. right, buddy. Very Thank good, Norbert. Thanks for your input. Thanks. And, Lou, it looks like things continue to go well. Uh, we're always kind of right on top of it, and we encourage our listeners to tune in to this show, Manufacturing Talk Radio, because we are right on top of where manufacturing is headed. I know you've watched it for 40 years. It's a bellwether industry, and your your business mimics it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems as though everybody's talking about things are getting better. Um uh, I'll let you know after I take my injection uh, how that really works out. Uh, but uh, it's going in the right direction. So that's all. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I, want, I want Pfizer in my right arm and Moderna in my left arm. I'll <laughs> take them both. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'll work. That'll yeah. work. <laughs> As long as you're not anaphylactic oriented. So take care and I just wanted to encourage our listeners to go to jacketmediaco.com for this show and we'll link to this show as well as the link to our other shows, which include women in manufacturing, which talks about women in manufacturing and business. Don't be misled by the podcast title. Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, an economist who talks about manufacturing and why it matters. Where's Willie, who travels the country and speaks to us from production or factory floors. Full-time with Amy Nicholas, who talks about that challenging work-life balance. And Hazard Girls, which, by the way, has kind of taken hold as a front-runner here. Uh, you might want to tune in to Hazard Girls, Women in Non-Traditional Fields, that was kind of an up-and-comer, and thank you again for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.